Welcome to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. I'm Isabel, your host and founder and firebrand of The Uprising Spark, a digital platform that offers life coaching products and services for modern, independent, child-free women. Our aim is to build a strong female community and to connect empowered women around the globe. I have Angie with me today in my podcast, and her kick is food and travel and empowering women to travel more often and confidently. Hi, Angie. Hello, hello, everyone. I'm so excited to have you here. How are you today? I'm doing amazing. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. I I'm always, I always get very excited when I have somebody, like any guest on my podcast in general, but specifically the guests that do stuff that I'm passionate about. Yeah. <laughs> so let's talk about travel. I want you to tell me the whole story. When did you start traveling? How did you get into this world? What is it about traveling that just makes you absolutely passionate about it? I want to listen to it all. Yeah. So it actually started in high school. I took um, French in high school and I didn't really know like much about like the world, like outside, like my little square of Dover, Delaware. So I was just kind of like, Ooh, like what's like, you know, in the UK and like, what's in all these countries, like around Europe. And I was just so fascinated. So like, I really wanted to go, but you know, as a high school student, like I didn't really have like my finances in check. And then like my parents were, you know, taking care of all the stuff with the house and everything. So I couldn't travel readily, but I still had like that burning fire in me to travel So I knew I wanted to do it eventually, but I didn't know how exactly. And then when I got to college, I started to see like all these study abroad programs and it just like fed my hunger even more. I was like, oh my God, like I want to travel so bad. But again, like I was kind of thinking like, okay, I want to do it on my own because I couldn't really depend on people to like be there for me when I want to travel somewhere or do something. So I was like, okay, I don't really know how to do it on my own. And then again, like, finances were so tight like you know being in school I was like I don't really know the first step of how to do this so I was actually thinking I probably wouldn't travel until I was maybe like 30 years old with like hopefully like a good full-time job and then you know mostly settled with my life and then I started to get into tennis actually like in 20 like 20 like 2009 2010 And I was like, oh my God, like, that's so amazing. Like, you know, that all these players get to go to all these different like continents, countries. And like, I just love the experiences that were like created, like whether it was on the court or off the court. So I was like, okay, like, I know I want to travel to these places. I want to be able to meet people. I want to be in these cultures. So I was like, okay, I'm going to find a way. And it finally happened in 2015 when I got my first, I guess, let's say like big girl job. And I got like my first series of paychecks. I was like, okay, like it's a domestic trip, but I'm going to go to Ohio. I'm going to go to this tennis tournament and I'm going to fulfill my dreams of going to a tennis tournament. So I got the money together, did the trip, met amazing people, had an amazing time at the tennis tournament. And I was like, okay, I finally did it. I finally achieved like my dream of actually going solo on my own for the first time. So then I was like, okay, now I want to go somewhere international. So I went to the UK. 
um, as like my first like big, big international trip on my own. Like I had went to Canada before, but that was like small international. So I was like, I wanted to take like the big leap. So I went to the UK and I was super afraid. I was like, okay, I'm in Europe for the first time. I really don't know like where anything is. I don't know how the customs are going to be. And of course, like just being a woman there too, like you don't know how things are going to turn out, but I stayed there for a whole week and I had the most amazing time again. I absolutely loved it. So then I went back the next year and I stayed for two weeks. And then basically from there, I've been to um, Canada, the UK, Mexico and Switzerland, and then um, states like along like the East coast. So pretty much now it's the case. I'm like, okay, if I want to kind of go like anywhere in the world, I just feel so confident and so empowered to actually just like make those itineraries and then go on those trips. Um, because I kind of feel like the world is, um, truly like my oyster and I have like so much power, um, and being able to kind of do the things that I want to do. Love that because I totally relate. And right before we started recording, I was telling you, you know, how being a solo traveler, people are like sometimes scared, especially women, uh, to like travel solo because you think you're going to be like by your lonesome <laughs> the whole time, but you never are, right? It's like you meet people everywhere in a hostel, uh, just, you know, in any of the touristy sites. Uh, and even we we're also discussing um, Airbnb experiences. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's just interesting, too, because naturally I'm so introverted. So I was kind of like, OK, I'm pretty much just going to be on my own and like keeping to myself. But um, I think that's like kind of like the great thing. Like if you have like a big interest, like for me, it's like tennis or art or something. So you can just connect with people that way. Like that's what I did um, through Twitter. I met, I met a lot of people through Twitter and then actually met them in person at events. So you kind of like establish like that base level of comfort with people and your like same interest groups. And then that just gives you more confidence to really like get out of like that bubble and just like really explore the areas too, because there's just so much goodness around, especially when you get like off like the tourist, um, the tourist paths and you start going off the beaten paths and like really um, mixing with locals. Um, there's just like so much potential that you can unlock and just so much that you learn and you can grow from as well. I totally agree. And, and you see that everywhere. Like I see it in my own city, like the places that are very like touristy, they're not very, um, what's the word? I wouldn't say real, but it's not the real deal in a sense, right? It's like sometimes they just put those places specifically to put on like a show, quote, quote unquote, right? Whereas when you yeah. can actually find those like small local places where people, you know, where the locals go or, or places or like the restaurants or uh, the, the spots in the beach or wherever it is there that you are um, and like really try to immerse yourself into that experience and to live with the locals, even if it's for a day, you know, you don't, it's a completely different um, experience of travel. Yeah, definitely. And I think the best thing is like if you go to a new city and you don't do like a bus tour because you really can't see anything as like it's not as valuable if you're like seeing it from like a bus or a car or something. You actually have to like be out and like walking around. 
So that's why I always suggest to people, like when you go to a new city, find um, tour operators that do walking tours. Like even if it's just like 45 minutes or something, you never know like what you're going to find like on those walking tours because usually they are run by locals. So then you can just get like so many like little tidbits, whether it's like from the locals or maybe if someone is on that tour and maybe they're just like going for like a leisurely walk to like see like what um, the guide is going to say and they may know some like tidbits, then you just get like so much more information. And the best thing like about most walking tours is that, is that they're free. Um, usually the only like monetary like part of it is like if you're going to leave a tip for the guide but otherwise most walking tours are free so it's a great way to get um, a gist of a city and then kind of like branch out on your own and go find other gems around. I completely agree and and also one of the things that I like to do with this this walking tours and like you said most of them are free uh, because the guides are local they're always very open and very nice. And if you want to like ask them afterwards, like, where do you recommend I go have a bite or, you know, where else do you think I should like visit? They're always very helpful uh, with things that are, um, you know, that sort basically. So yeah, that's a great tip. Yeah, definitely. And um, kind of like another tip, like with that, if you can find a food walking tour, that's even better because you oh, can yum. Like, um, <laughs> yeah, because I actually did that in the UK. Um, I went to, I think it was like Shoreditch or so, and I found a um, local like food tour. And basically it was like, we went to like a really amazing chocolate store and um, our guys like took us through like these um, like street vendors and like a big like food hall type, like food market type thing, like market. So it was just really amazing to kind of just see like the local talent just really like showcasing like all their goodness and then actually being able to like, you know, buy different things as you wanted to. Like literally I wasn't expecting it, but I had some of the best hot chocolate of my life at that chocolate store. And I would have never known about it had I not gone on that walking tour. So you never know what kind of gems you're going to find. Totally. You know, I actually did one of those in New York City and I, I spent a lot of time in New York um, and I know a lot of places and there's so many good places in New York. But I remember this walking walking food tour was specifically fast food. Uh, so it was like the best pizza, the best hot dogs, the best, you know, cannolis, the best sort of like fat food uh, or comfort food or, you know, we ate like 3000 calories in 40 minutes or something ridiculous like that. But it was definitely one of the greatest experiences I've ever had in New York for sure. Oh my God. That sounds amazing. <laughs> yeah, it was. So Angela, uh, what is the destination that you always want to go back to so far? So it's really funny. I've been thinking about it like since I left Mexico city, like it was an unexpected trip because I was like, okay, I heard that there was an exhibition tennis event going on with my favorite player. And I was like, okay, it sounds cool, but I don't know if I can really swing it. And then I actually had a friend who was interested in going as well. So we went together and we were there for three days and the, the exhibition tent um, tennis event was amazing, but I think even more so 
I just fell in love with Mexico City right away. I was like, oh my God, like I could almost see myself living here. That's how much I loved it. And it was only three days of being there. So I'm like really wanting to go back to Mexico City. Yeah, Mexico is special. The people and the food. Don't even get me started with the food. It's so good. Amazing. <laughs> that is also one of the destinations that I remember very fondly. You know, the, the tacos al pastor that you eat on the streets with, oh my God, with the pineapple. It's so good. Yeah, and everything is just like super fresh too. And you know that it's made with so much love as well. So it's just like, mm. <laughs> Totally. <laughs> so now, uh, you know, with this experience under your belt and of course, much more to come, hopefully this COVID thing will blow off very quickly because I have been dying to travel. And right now it's a little bit complicated. Um, but you created something, uh, the Flexitarian Digest is called, right? Yes. Tell me a little bit about that, please. Yeah. So it's kind of funny, like how I came up with the name. Cause I was like, okay, like, I don't want it to just be like, you know, a regular name. Not that there's any wrong, anything wrong with Angela, but I was like, I kind of want like a little bit of like a spicier name. So I just thought like, okay, I'm pretty flexible with the kind of like foods that I eat and just kind of um, how I go about my travels as well. So I was just like, okay, like I can kind of combine the two. So like the flexitarian and then like digest, it's kind of like a fun way of saying like, okay, like you get that con collection of information and everything and you're like disseminating it out to people. So that's how the flexitarian digest came about. And what is it? So basically it's just like a mix of um, all like my food and travel stuff together. Um, I didn't want to limit myself to just talking to talking about one or the other. I'm passionate about both. So I really want to be able to showcase like a full picture of travel to people because I feel like it shouldn't just travel shouldn't just be like a surface level thing. Like, okay, you're going to take in like some kind of like monument or like world wonder and that's it. Like it should be deeper. It should be more impactful. Um, kind of want to like insight like that emotion as well. I think that's what makes things, especially like travel, like so meaningful and so memorable. So I just want to be able to have like all those components um, showcased to be able to project out those deeper experiences and then, you know, encourage and empower people to seek out those experiences for themselves. That's awesome. And you also have some courses there. Yeah. So it was the case that I wish I would have had these courses when I was first starting to travel, because usually it's the case if you want to travel somewhere, you might have to go through a travel agent or a travel planner. And sometimes that can cost, let's say like $2,000. And that's even before you get on ground somewhere, then you still have to shell out like all like the extra costs. And I think it's the case that if you basically have, you know, the general know-how and tools of like how to plan your travel on your own, you can not only save a lot of money, but you can also just have like a richer experience because the power is more in your hands. So that's what I've done with the courses that I have. I basically take all the parts of an itinerary. So everything for flights, accommodations, transit, budgeting, all of that stuff. And I take um, all my knowledge from like my last five years of solo travel and I just 
go through all the different parts of itinerary to make it really simple and easy for people at the end of my course to be able to build their own custom itineraries for any trip, anytime on any budget. So if you want to be budget, like I tend to be, you can. And if you want to be a little bit more bougie, you can too. Um, Cause you have like the tools and systems um, in place and then you can just modify as you would like. Love that. All right. Well, firecrackers, in case you want to check, Angie's course is out. I'm going to leave you the link below in the description as always. You're listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid-free community. Angie, we're going to now get into more personal territory. Oh, I'm ready. (laughs) So the question I ask all of my guests is, when did you embrace your child-free lifestyle and how did the decision come about? Yeah, so it pretty much started for me when I was probably 12 or 13, when all my friends were thinking about, you know, husbands, kids, like white picket fence. I just kind of looked at them like, I'm really not thinking in that way. I just want to be able to, fulfill my dreams and, you know, pour into Angie first before I start, before I start pouring into anyone else. And that's still my philosophy today. Even like my uncles or like my parents are like, yeah, like, you know, you're almost 30 and you're not with anyone. You're not with any kids. And I'm just like, I'm fine with that because, you know, I'm working towards my goals like you know I'm trying to fill like my own cup before I start filling someone else's cup so that's pretty much how I like approach like um anything with like kids or um relationships in that way I'm I'm surprised that at age 12 13 you and your friends were already talking about husbands and children is that common Uh, I mean, it felt common to me. Like I was actually part of a mock wedding when I was a teenager too. (laughs) Oh no, you just reminded me of something. (laughs) Go ahead. Sorry. (laughs) Yeah, it was, it was really crazy. Like whenever I think of it now, because it was on like a dirt mound because there's a bunch of construction going on in our neighborhood and they had these giant dirt mounds. So we would um, do dirt biking and everything. And a couple of my friends were quote unquote serious, 12, 13 years old, but thought they were serious. So we actually had a mock wedding for them. So one of my friends was like the priest type person. And then I think I was a bridesmaid. And then we had this wedding. I'm just like, I can't believe we did this. <laughs> oh my God. I did that too. And you just like, I had completely forgotten about that until you just mentioned it. And something stirred in my memory. And I was like, you done that girl. Like, <laughs> wow. I think I was like 14. Yep. I, I did one of those too, but I don't think I was thinking about having kids at the time. I was very scared of sex when I was 14. So let alone thinking about children. Yeah, it was a crazy time. And so many of my friends, they were like baby crazy. And I just kind of looked at them like, guys, we should be like living the life right now. Like shouldn't be thinking about kids. <laughs> I know, right? You should be thinking about, I don't know, 
you don't like to study, then at least going out and play, or I have no idea what do kids do? Well, I mean, nowadays it's completely different, isn't it? Um, but when I was that age, I grew up mostly in the 90s because I was born early 80s. So my teenage years were all in the 90s. And I remember that, yeah, I mean, we did have some technology, not like today at all, of course, but we, we did have internet and maybe a Nintendo pocket or something like that. Um, cell phones were still very rare, but uh, we still had the time, like we spent time with our friends. We did, we played games, right? We did stuff outside. Um, I don't know how children are doing nowadays, you know, how they're growing up, completely different world. Oh my God. It's just like everything is the internet and being on your phone and being seen. I'm just like, oh my God. I get really, really afraid for this new generation, like how they're going to keep evolving. Yeah. I, well, the, they adapt, I guess. It's different. I guess our parents thought the same about us, you know, oh, this generation, how are they going to <laughs> survive the world with these skills? And, you know, we, we do, we, we try at least, but um, I guess we're going to be able to adapt. Um, so going back to, you know, not wanting to have children, is this something that you're vocal about with your group of friends and your family? It's not really something that comes up with my friends as much anymore because I don't really have my childhood friends um, anymore, but it is something that comes up with our family because it's a, it's a traditional, somewhat traditional like Haitian, like family and culture. So, you know, you're supposed to get married, you're supposed to have kids and everything continue the bloodline. But I'm just like, no, I don't want to kind of be in a status quo type thing. Like I just want to be kind of in control and the creator of my own life and do something that makes me really happy and not be living my life for someone else. That's interesting. I mean, uh, so you come from a, a family that has Haitian roots. I've met Haitian people, or Haitian Americans basically. And the people who I've met who are child-free, which are not a lot, to be honest, they all talk about that pressure because of how traditional that culture is. I don't know anything about Haiti. I've never been there. Um, but they tell me that it's very cult, it's a very um, traditional and, and very conservative and they want, you know, the nuclear family is still very important. So how does, how does your family react to, do you tell them directly, like, I don't want to have any children and how do they react? Yeah, usually when the question comes up, I'm just like, I'm really focused on me. And they kind of laugh. And I know they think I'm pretty selfish in that regard. But I own it because at the end of the day, like, it's my body. And I can decide what I want to do. Like, it's not in the control of anyone else. So then they leave it alone. And then maybe they talk about um like my career or something else, but yeah, I don't let it phase me too much. Good. Good for you. I love that you don't, you still like, you stand very firmly in what you want for yourself and your beliefs, but have you, um, I don't know if you date, is that something that you do? Because I know that there's people who aren't interested, but if you do, is it something that comes up a lot during the time that you're dating? How do you deal with that? 
yeah, it's going to sound crazy, but I've never dated anyone, actually. 28 years and, like, have never dated anyone. Um, but I just had so many friends and just seen, like, so many um, relationships, whether it's, like, you know, the high arcs or low arcs. And it's just really interesting because in seeing, like, how all these different relationships, like, unfold, whether it's, like, in my family or, like, with my friends – then I just start kind of computing in my mind. It's like, okay, you know, when I am ready to kind of like settle down with someone, what are really like those qualities that I want in a person that I'm going to like spend the rest of my life with? So it'd be kind of generally like, okay, like I really love to travel. So I want someone that's going to want to travel with me. Like, you know, I'm pretty goofy on the whole. So I want someone that's, you know, is pretty chill can have a good laugh and everything and just someone that I can really like unwind with and kind of be myself with. I don't have to kind of fit like a specific type of role or like put on a facade. Like I can actually just like be like myself and my true self with that person. I love that. I think, wow. I, I love that because that's more or less what I can also say about, you know, the partner that I dream of. Um, and, and hopefully, you know, w when you're navigating the whole dating thing, um, you, you won't have to face a lot of, uh, you know, people who are going to be telling you, oh, if you don't want to have kids, then I don't want to date you. Because that happens a lot. We're, we live in such a prenatalist world that I think that many people don't even realize that having kids is a choice, right? So, you know, it's something uh, to watch out for, I guess. Yeah, exactly. It's kind of like, I think I heard this from one of my friends. It's like almost if you don't have kids, if you don't have kids, like your life is unfulfilled because you're not like giving that love or care like to something else or someone else. Like, okay, like there's your partner, but it's like a different kind of relationship. Like when you have kids and I understand that, but even if it's not like my own kid or like maybe I'm a godparent for someone, I can still give love and just like, you know, that compassion in other ways. It doesn't just necessarily have to be like, okay, if I don't have kids, then I'm not fulfilled type thing. I completely agree with you because another thing that we hear a lot is, oh, you're never going to know true love until you have children. And I get really, I mean, that, that kind of like ticks me off. I don't know. To me, it's just ludicrous when, when we get comments like that. And I feel, and I've always said this, that the most important love is the one that you have for yourself. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's probably the biggest thing that I've gotten from travel. It's like, whether it's travel or, you know, insert the thing that like makes you super happy and really lights you up if you actually give the time like to that, it almost pays it forward tenfold because then you can just pour out all that joy to other people in your life or other facets in your life because you're actually taking the time to like fill your own cup and just recharge yourself instead of running on empty and being like super distraught and just like not giving yourself that self-love and self-care. Absolutely. And so let's circle back to the subject of, of traveling. Now that you mentioned that, you know, you've learned through traveling 
um, important lessons like this one. Um, I just wanted to ask you specifically, why, what would you say to somebody who hasn't traveled yet, but wants to, what would your advice be for that person? The first step is to just do it. Um, and it doesn't have to be like, okay, I have to like book like a one-way um, trip to London or Australia or something like that. It can literally just be as simple as going to maybe the next town over because you're taking a proactive step to get out of your comfort zone. And then like, let's say you go to that next town over, you have a really amazing experience. Then that builds the foundation for that confidence being like, okay, like maybe I can like start going out of state and then from out of state, then maybe I can like start going like international. Like, so say if you're in the U S like maybe you can go to Canada or Mexico or something. And then like, as you have those like incremental steps, then you can just take bigger international trips, but it's about taking the first step to get out of your comfort zone because you miss all the shots that you don't take. So you have to take that first step to be able to see like what's on the other side for um, achieving your travel dreams and everything. You miss all the shots that you don't take. I love that. I had heard that before, but I always like when people remind me of, you know, those very um, like wisdom pearls, I would call them. I don't even know how to call them, but I love it. Thank you so much for bringing that up, Angie. Yeah, it's been one of my favorite quotes to hear. And I'm just like, man, it's just like so good. Like when you have, whether it's like a short sentence, but it's just like so impactful and you can just really take action on it. Absolutely. Well, Angie, it has been such a pleasure to have you in my show. Thank you so much for coming. Um, before I wrap up completely. I always ask my guests if there is something else that you would like to add. It can be anything at all for my firecrackers to hear you. Yeah. So the last thing um, I would add, I'm very, very active on Instagram and um, I have just a collection of like travel tips, like different kind of um, thought pieces and all that stuff. So for the travel side of Instagram, um, you can follow me at the Flexitarian Travels. And if you have a gastronomic side, I also have a food Instagram account and that's eats um, with Angie with three E's. So I look forward to connecting um, with your community there. No, thank you so much for that, Angie. And to my firecrackers, I will live as always. I'm going to leave you Angie's uh, links to her social media, to her website and the description of the episode below. So you can just click and follow Angie. And thanks so much again for coming to my show. It was a pleasure having you. The pleasure was all mine. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to The Honest Uproar, a podcast where modern, child-free women share their life stories and where we discuss important topics for the kid community. We hope you tune in next week for our newest episode. And since we love hanging out with you, please be sure to follow us on social media at The Honest Uproar and visit our website at thehonestuproar.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to share with your fierce, child-free firecracker friends. Until next time, continue fueling your inner fire.